Hello, I'm Kelly Proctor, the president of DNB Healthcare USA Incorporated. Thank you for joining us for this episode of our podcast, RX for Hospital Quality. It's my privilege to introduce podcast host, Simile Miller. Hello, everyone. Welcome again uh, to this episode of RX for Hospital Quality. I am your host, Simile Miller. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, Want to thank all of you out there for being fans and for supporting supporting the podcast. If you have a topic suggestion, please send that information to the DMV Dropbox, and it will make it to us, and we will uh, work on getting your topic covered on the podcast. Today, I have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Uh, he is also a trainer in uh, DNV uh, healthcare. His name is Woody Conway. Thank you, Woody, for joining the podcast. Glad to be here, Sim. Glad to be here. Let's see what we can get done. All right, perfect. So, Woody, let's kind of start with you introducing yourself with your background. Uh, give the audience an idea of um, where you came from and how long you've been here at DNV. <laughs> Well, many, many moons ago, back when the uh, 1987 standard was still uh, finishing up its debut, uh, I started in an internal auditor class, just like I teach, Um, went on from there to become a lead auditor, went on from there to become the management representative for a plastics company in Akron, Ohio. Uh, spent many, many years auditing in the manufacturing manufacturing uh, industry, uh, many, many different industry codes. And lo and behold, along came this group out of Cincinnati that wanted ISO in healthcare. And uh, my business partner, myself, uh, we got contact, got in contact with them, and things just kind of progressed from there. I became a generalist with DNV and a life safety surveyor with DNV. DNV. <laughs> I have been with them uh, since the beginning. Uh, been a auditor, surveyor, depends on whether you're in manufacturing or healthcare for, uh, let's see, uh, 28 years now. I am a master auditor. I served on the uh, voting committee for the 2015 ISO standard, um, and I love to teach. Is that enough? (laughs) Yeah, that is enough. Uh, A couple of things there, guys, that Woody said that I want to reiterate, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but in ISO world, you're an auditor. Uh, And in healthcare world, you're a surveyor, but just so you know, they mean the same thing. So we do use them interchangeably. Uh, The other thing I learned from that conversation, Woody, is you're old. Um, (laughs) careful careful i know how old you are (laughs) i know right so woody and i have worked together from the beginning um you know in the early years we surveyed together and then we both transitioned to training um and have done some projects together even outside of dnv so we've been quite the education pair uh woody brings a lot of knowledge iso knowledge to the table uh so it works really well in our department because where we bring the health care we're able to then uh bounce 
everything off of each other to come up with an interpretation. Uh, this is the reason why Woody and I are known as the leading experts um, in healthcare ISO implementation. Um, we have a really good solid team going on here, but Woody really is uh, my guru and the one that I depend on um, a lot um, for ISO education and learning. Um, Woody is also, what he didn't say is he is currently the uh, manager over our ISO NIHO courses. So he manages those and the content um, development of that and additional programs that we're rolling out. One of the things that I have always found interesting, Woody, and uh, I thought this is such a good topic to have with you is the differences when it comes to ISO implementation in other industries versus healthcare. We're always told that healthcare is a little more complex from an ISO uh, implementing perspective, but talk to me. What is your take on those differences? Well, in the manufacturing realm, the um, nice thing they have going for them is that they have maybe... Um, Worst case scenario, probably a dozen, maybe two dozen different um, processes within their entire organization and where they are actually performing their day-to-day -day activities, probably a half dozen. And their raw materials, what comes in the door, they have widgets and gadgets, and it's the same widget and gadget every single day. Now, yes, products are always developing, but when one product goes out with all its widgets and gadgets, another product comes in, but it's the same thing day in, day out. Not as many uh, potential variances in the process, whereas in healthcare, good Lord, I mean, we have 20, 30 processes that directly impact the patient, that product, and it's not a product, it's a patient, it's a customer um, that's going through. And so many different processes in so many different sequences of interaction can occur. So many different raw materials, supplies um, that can come in the door, uh, so many different hands, different people, different nurses, different physicians, different service lines. It is overwhelming. And one of the reasons I have stayed with healthcare is it is different every single day. And I love it. I never boring, never boring, never no, boring day. Yes, no. yes. Well, no. it, you know, it's compounded. Like you said, you know, we're human beings. So every hum human being that comes through the door of a hospital is completely different. So even if you have consistency in your processes, you could still end up with very different outcomes outcomes from those processes just based on that human being. So, yeah, it is more uh, complex in a way that, you know, it's not simple processes, a simple product that we're doing. Um, it, it really makes it more interesting, I think, for us in the ISO world. Well, let me just touch on this just to kind of give a real good illustration. The nuclear industry, uh, we talk about high reliability all the time and wanting to bring that into healthcare. The nuclear industry, they are a high reliability organization. They have three raw materials to make nuclear energy. So yes, they are a high reliable, reliable organization industry, but at the same time, I'm not sure it is as impressive as the day a healthcare actually achieves that high reliability uh, level. Yeah, so I would agree. throw that in there. 
Yeah, I would agree. And we do have um, a, uh, you know, a spinoff, if you will, of DNV Healthcare, who is currently working on high reliability. Um, and so we're very eager to see what that looks like. But everyone is in agreement. You can't do it without ISO. Um, so let's kind of talk about that for a minute. I think one of the most obvious examples of how healthcare um, is different than other industries when it comes to implementing ISO is when you look at the documentation, right? So you know, we have to comply with uh, CMS, so our NIHO standards. And then, of course, there's NFPA and uh, OSHA, and the list kind of goes on and on. So with that being said, there are a lot more requirements for documentation in healthcare than other industries. Um, and so talk to me about your experience, because I always say that in other industries, they don't document enough, but we tend to document more. What is your take on that? Well, in industry, in a manufacturing environment, most of the documentation uh, is imposed by the organization for their product line. And once again, their product line doesn't change until they have a new model come through, but that new model replaces the old model. So all the old document kind of gets expired with that as well. And they are not as regulated as healthcare is. So healthcare has all these people in the fire marshal, CMS, Department of Health, Department of Pharmacy, CAP, CLIA, COLA, the list goes on and on. Then you have those DNV surveyors coming in with their standard. And so, and then all of these surveyors, when you kind of begin to put these together in a year's time and then 10 years time and then in 30, 40 years time, all these surveyors are communicating um, to the organization uh, many times what the requirements are for documentation and sometimes what their opinion is for documentation. And then the hospital jumps on that thinking, I got to have a documentation for everything. And in uh, the healthcare arena, there is a little more hesitancy in debating, let's call it debating, not arguing with the surveyor uh, as to whether or not the code actually requires a documentation. So they end up writing it and the documents pile up higher and higher each and every time. Whereas in manufacturing, an ISO auditor surveyor comes in and they can be called on the carpet at any given time and said, no, this is not a requirement, Mr. Auditor, Mrs. Mm. Auditor. We're not going to put that in place. And so that has resulted in this documentation explosion, whether it is from industry requirements or surveyors or hospitals simply trying to put something there for a surveyor to look at. Yeah. So, yeah. The documentation can explode. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the whole mentality before DNV with other accrediting organizations that you document here, you document there. And then let's also document the exact same thing here in case a surveyor asked to see it there. Uh, so all of that redundancy has led to this um, impossible uh, system of documentation that no one can find the documents they want. Uh, they don't even know what they're named. We don't know if they're the current ones, if there's redundant documents or contradicting documents. It's kind of a hot mess. So with that being said, one of the things that ISO does then is comes in and helps 
organizations purge through a lot of that chaotic mess that we've created over the decades with hundreds and hundreds of policies, um, sometimes thousands. So that's probably the most obvious example. But what do you, tell me, you know, why else? Why? Why would a hospital want to implement ISO in their organization? Well, the first and foremost is especially in this current standard. This current standard uh, it truly, for the first time, allows organizations to manage their organization according to what their organization needs. It, in the very first auditable section, it says, what is your purpose? What is your strategic business plan? And then let's move from there. And then when it talks about controlling your process, it says you get to determine how you're going to control your organization, how you're going to control your process, not DNV. Now, yes, ISO says you must control your process, but how you do that is up to you. So now we begin to look at our processes and go, okay, our processes, our departments, our hospital, our system, what do we have to get our hands around? What do we have to control? And what is the best way to control that? Is it a policy and procedure? Maybe, maybe not. Is it education? Is it safeguards? Is it PPE? Is it uh, uh, electronic IT controls in a system where all of a sudden we have found better ways to control our process, our department, our hospital, our system. We find better ways to lock down the system and we are locking it down in those areas of the greatest risk and the greatest opportunities. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how the uh, reputation that we have, that we're not prescriptive. Uh, you must obviously comply with regulatory requirements, but how you do so is up to you. We're not going to tell you how to do that. Um, and I feel like um, with our clients, we have seen so much innovation over the last 10 to 14 years by them being able to approach it in a way that works for them. Has that been your experience as well, Woody? Yeah, I will actually give you an example. I was sent a document by one of our customers and the question came up. Um, the quality manager and the physical therapy manager are kind of arguing over whether or not they need this document. And one of the first statements in this document is the person performing this procedure must be licensed by the state of I don't know, Canada. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where they're at. Uh, they must be licensed to do this procedure. I said, okay, all right, all right. Well, and I, I'm not allowed to consult, so I didn't give them the answer, but I can ask a whole lot of questions. I go, what in this document isn't covered by their licensure training and certification, their license, certifications and licensure? And they go, well, nothing. I go, okay, okay. Now I see down at the bottom, there's some uh, patient rights information. Did we cut and paste this out of another policy and procedure? And they got all sheepish, sheepish of course, and said, well, yeah, we did. And I go, and this infection control stuff, did we cut and paste this out of an infection <laughs> control procedure? And they went sheepish again. Yeah, Woody, we did. I go, okay, you tell me the, the necessity of this document. And I said, let's go back to the ISO standard for document control. And it says, documents determined by you, the hospital, as being necessary. 
you just told me this document wasn't necessary because I've got licensure to back it up. And that's how ISO makes a difference. Mm -hmm. There are ways that we can do things. Um, I give another illustration uh, many times. Where and in what code does it say how your policies and procedures have to be templated? (laughs) Do they have to start with a header and then a scope statement, then a purpose statement, and then a policy statement, then a reference document section, and then a record section? Well, Woody, that's how we've always done it. (laughs) Yeah. And then when you finally get to page three, it actually tells the employee what to do. Yep. And I'm like going, all right, wait a minute. One of our hospitals, uh, they flipped it all. On page one is the title. And then step one, step two, step three, step 17, and on and on. And then on the last three pages, which nobody's reading, uh, (laughs) let's be honest about it. um, On the last three pages is all that fluff and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, fluff and stuff. There you go. Technical terms. Yeah, we even had one. We even had one hospital that we saw way back um, early on uh, with DNV, who had even started the process of turning all of their policies and procedures as much as they could into flow charts. Remember that? Yeah, and yes. mm-hmm. uh, it was really, really impressive and very, very effective. They found that they just flow charted as much as they could. Of course, there were still some words and fluff and stuff in there, but it made it very simple uh, to communicate. So know that when you write, I'm glad we kind of talked about that. It's a good point to even say that when you write your documents, you guys don't write them for us, the surveyors, Uh, write them for you. This is how you're communicating to your people what it is you want them to do. And they need to be able to find that document. Um, It needs to be the most latest and greatest updated document. Um, And it needs to explain very clearly to them uh, what the process is. So please don't ever, ever, ever write your policies and procedures for the surveyors. Uh, There is no value in that for your organization. So, okay, I want to kind of flip a little bit on you here, Woody. So as um, our listeners, most of them know, and if you're new to us, welcome. Uh, We have a very extensive training program um, here at DMV Healthcare that really focuses on, um, you know, NIHO, but a lot of emphasis on ISO. And the reason well, let me ask you, Woody, what is the most um, important reason for why an organization might seek out to purchase one of our external ISO courses? What's the benefit? The benefits of purchasing one of our ISO, man, there are so many. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <laughs> the ISO standard is not a standard that tells you how to run your business. What it is, is a series of requirements. However you implement them to drive success within your organization. But how you do that is up to you. For example, and this is great, in in each and every class I teach, I ask the question, how many of you have seen the same mistake repeated over and over and over again in your career in healthcare? And almost unanimous in every single class I teach, all the hands go up. Well, one of the things that ISO is promoting You know, and one of the best things is um, stop making the same mistake over and over again. (laughs) ISO is okay with you making mistakes. It's we're we're all human. ISO is not okay with you repeating your mistakes. Right, right. right. Or just putting a Band-Aid on the problem. Yeah, yeah. And the second to that, I guess, would be that um, (laughs) 
the rate of change in healthcare is incredible. And for the first time, the ISO standard has really come out and taken the bull by the horns to address both risk and opportunity within an organization and say, okay, you must focus on these if you're going to be successful. Uh, I, I am a heartbeat away from buying all of my students in my class temporary tattoos. Change equals risk. You know, just tattoos to go across their forehead because healthcare changes every single day. And ISO is going to drive you into okay, let's figure out how for us in our hospital, the way we do things with our resources, our culture, our environment, how do we control and um, mitigate risk and achieve opportunity? It's driving that. How you do it, once again, is entirely up to you. But the standard says we've got to go after that. Yeah, um, I agree with you. All three uh, top priority of why uh, it really helps to take our classes. You know, the other thing that we also bring to the table is we. you guys have to remember that ISO 9001 is for all industries, right? So uh, the interpretation, sometimes you read it and you're like, what in the world? It can kind of seem like a foreign language. Um, and our trainers are so, so good at also helping you through the healthcare interpretation of that to get to exactly those three points that Woody made, um, a way in which then works for you, the organization. You understand the intention. Uh, we cannot consult. We say that all the time. Um, and what we, but what we can do and what we are so good at, I really, really am proud of how we approach this, everyone at DMV, from the surveyors to the trainers to the certified, to people who do the certifications behind the scenes, is we cannot tell you how to do some, something, nor do we want to. That's up to you, the organization. You know your culture better than anybody. But what we can do is educate you on the intention. Um, it's really hard to understand an interpretation if you don't understand the intention. Uh, so, and, and that's key uh, to ISO implementation, uh, especially when it comes to putting these business management practices in place. So, uh, yeah, so those would be the only thing that I would add to that. Um, I 100% agree with Woody on that. So, Woody. One of the new programs that we have coming out that you have developed and been working on, um, and I know I, we're calling it Lunch and Learn, and we may stick with that. I'm not sure, but um, is but is this subscription service that we are thinking about offering? Go ahead and, and go ahead. Let's do a little taste of what's to come this year in that area. So with the Lunch and Learn, um, what we have seen over the years that we have done this, uh, clients will call us back or email us or talk to us and say, well, we have this new manager who's just come on. Or we have, and especially right now in this staffing management crisis that we're all in, we've got these new people either changing positions, being hired, rotated into a leadership position, and they have never gone through the ISO course, but we only have one, two, or three people. Okay, we're going to pay for a whole class? Uh, I don't know that we're going to do that, you know, in an organization. However, so DNV kind of captured that, and we said, wait a minute. What if we could offer a library of training, okay, in uh, portions that, you know, ISO is kind of like an elephant. Let's take it one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And once a month, we're developing uh, a, a specific topic across all disciplines within DNV. So, for example, new manager comes into the department. 
And we want to make sure that first and foremost, they have a basic understanding, just a entry level uh, understanding of ISO. We have our very first lunch and learn that's going to come out uh, is going to be introduction to ISO. And not only is it good for people who may have missed the class, got pulled out of the class, um, they're new to their position. Also, for many hospitals may want to capture this as a new employee orientation to uh, DNV and the DNV methodology. So it can be used that way. The first one's going to be introduction to ISO, and it goes literally goes through an ice cream shop. So it's very engaging. Uh, one of our second or third modules is going to be uh, risk management in healthcare, and uh, one of my favorites and one of my soapboxes is going to be corrective action, and we have that. So we got a new manager. We want to make sure that they are not repeating their mistakes again and again. Well, here you go. Go sit down, 45 minutes to an hour. You know, take your lunch in your office. And go ahead and sit through this lunch and learn and get the education on DNV. We're going to pull in our life safety folks to have them do physical environment training. So, hey, some of the new managers down in the uh, operations, they can get in on it. We're going to have infection control, sterile processing, um, NIHO, NIHO topics, CMS. Stroke. Stroke. Yep, stroke. Um, CMS changes. When CMS puts out a major change, we're going to say, okay, this is how DNV is going to come looking at this. So we can jump right on that library. And as this library builds, you have access to all of it as long as you're a member of the library. Yeah, so more to come on the pricing and what that looks like. We are working at the logistics of this, but this will be an annual uh, subscription service where an organization can purchase a number of entries into the library for individuals, uh, and they have access for that year. Uh, we're very excited about this, is what he said. We're going to bring a lot of topics. They're only going to be about an hour session, though, so we're not giving you all of the information. But what's really nice is what he said, it's a good entry or, or it's also a refresher or a reminder that uh, people can go back and access on specific topics. Uh, if your hospital is struggling in an area, you can pull up the uh, corrective action uh, lunch and learn um, session and watch that. It will also give you some insight on what are additional trainings that you're going to need from DNV. So if you watch a module and think, man, that was really interesting. We are ready to go deeper. I need a whole bunch of our people uh, to train in that area, um, you're able to narrow in then on what course that is that would cover that uh, and then sign up for those courses. Another thing that came out of this, so to Woody's point, since he brought it up, um, we did identify, as Woody said, that there is a need for these new people who are transitioning into DMV hospitals to understand, um, you know, how DMV works, how our processes work, what is ISO, what does that mean, um, what is, how do we approach the physical environment. So all of these things that we're bringing to the table in the Lunch and Learn. But we also created a day and a half le uh, leadership transition course uh, that is actually the first one is scheduled to be um, April 11th and 12th. It is virtual, a day and a half, and it's for managers on up who are new to DNV. Now that one goes a little bit more into the history of DNV healthcare. Um, what are the processes for dealing with the DNV? A little bit of overview on NIHO and ISO. 
But that is also a good uh, transition course, if you will. And then you can then build, add on this um, subscription, annual subscription service to give them a little more in depth on more specific topics. And that will really help kind of round them out as uh, getting a solid foundation to then grow and build um, with DNB and DNB culture. So really excited about those things um, that are coming out this year. So uh, thank you, Woody, for getting us a recap. More on that. We'll probably have Woody come back on once uh, we go live with that and um, give a little more information and officially announce that new program. We're very excited about it. Well, Woody, I do want to thank you for coming on our podcast. Is there anything that we haven't really talked about um, that you would want clients or future clients to know? Uh, I would say that one of the things that, you know, I would want to encourage them is, um, the strength of their audit program, Mm, uh, with their audit program, the the strength of the audit program many times. And we talk about this uh, quite frequently. A, a nonconformance is not a bad thing but it becomes even less of a perceived bad thing when it's identified internally. The ultimate goal is to control our process. To control our process, we have to remove variation from our process. Now, DNV can help you remove it. CMS can help you remove it. The fire marshal can help you remove it. (laughs) Or you know what? You can have your internal auditors identify it and it is all kept within the family. Wow. And so the strength of that audit program is critical. Um, and that uh, internal auditor course, not a sales pitch or anything like that, um, it becomes a phenomenal tool when those people uh, hit the floor and they become a return on investment to leadership for their activities. And we have seen it. The better the audit program, the better the DNV survey. It it just runs hand in hand. Yeah, I would agree with that. And this is how well Woody and I work together and are in sync because we did not rehearse this at all. But I am going to announce this because we all know I am a walking commercial that we do have a promotion going on right now that if you do buy one, any DMV course, um, it could be the restraints course, it could be a sterile processing course, CHOP course, you will get 25% off of the internal audit course. So you have the ability to capture uh, that internal audit course at a discount. Uh, Very unusual for us to have that course on sale. Uh, It's one of our most popular courses. But I'll tell you, honestly, if we could give our training away for free, we honestly would do it. Um, That's how passionate we are about what we do and how much we love it and how we know it benefits uh, the healthcare world. So we thought, why not? Let's offer internal audit at 25% off as long as you sign up um, and purchased another course. And then of course, all courses must be delivered in 2023. So uh, thank you, Woody, for that plug, even though you did not mean to. (laughs) So I appreciate that. One of the other things that I want to uh, kind of announce is that, Woody, rumor has it that you're going to (laughs) be at the next symposium as a host again. Is that true? (laughs) Yes. And I'm trying to get permission to do a skit where imagine Gordon Ramsay as a DNV surveyor. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep, yep. Saw that proposal. Um, and I'm quite intrigued by it, yet a little scared. I'm not going to lie. So we'll have to dive into that to see what it means. But yes, yeah, so for those of you who attended the symposium last year, Woody was amazing. He came up with most of our skits. Um, it was so much fun. And this year we're going to be in uh, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah in October. So very much looking forward to what Woody has planned. Um, I give him full artistic uh, range to create uh, most of what he wants. And sometimes he scares me, uh, but most of the time it's just really, really good and really entertaining. So you guys, uh, yeah, go ahead and book your seats now for that symposium so that you can see what Woody, what shenanigans Woody comes up with this year. We're very much looking forward to it. Also, the other theme that we have going on this year is the Olympics. So more to come on that. So I will not be, you know, in a Speedo and neither will Woody um, up on stage. But, you know, we might be a little bit dressed up like the Olympics. We'll see. Olympics? Can we do uh, bedpan curling? <laughs> yeah, I like the bed races, too. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll come up with some stuff. Um, yeah. So thank you again, Woody, so much for being on the podcast. Like I said, um, I love thank talking you. to you. Yes. And I and I love uh, when you uh, join us on these things. You always bring so much information, especially when it comes to ISO. So again, thank you so much. Um, and for everybody out there, thank you again for joining us. And remember, please be safe and always take care of yourselves. And until next time, thank you. Thank you for listening. Rx for Hospital Quality is a podcast produced by DMV Healthcare USA Incorporated. To learn more about subjects covered here or to download any of our standards or requirements, please visit our website at www.dnvhealthcare.com. <laughs>